Welcome back to the Sports Hour. This is Mitch Mo. And this is the Mormon. Guys, we are actually recording this podcast in the afternoon, so we'll have so much more energy and focus. I feel All like jacked up. They, <laughs> I, I, I feel like whenever we record at like night, I just get like really tired after an hour of just talking into this microphone, you know? We get a little tired. We get a little cranky with each other. You know, it, but you know what? Right now, I feel good. I feel I, good. I, I feel- yeah. I, I, I'm like, I, I don't know. It's like, like I, you know, that afternoon b- buzz, I guess. I don't know. It makes us sound like we're on drugs or something. Like, oh, we're just, we're really feeling it this I did today. My afternoon, I did my afternoon key bump. We're right. ready to go. Right. We are so ready to go. We got a great podcast episode show thing for you guys today. We've got uh, a, a conversation that we're going to have based on last week's. If you checked out last week's pod, we had a little... Uh, discussion a heated a, discu- a heated conversation <laughs> an argument it, it'd probably be an argument about Aaron Rodgers versus Tom Brady kind of in the vein of like the best quarterback of all time and so here we are despite the fact that I said that I did not want to have this conversation we are here having this conversation <laughs> anyways because I I don't know it'll probably be fun but the greatest quarterback of all time so we have what five, right? A top five. I think we, we narrowed it down to five. Ten five. was going to be hard. To, it was going to be hard to pick ten. So we decided, you know what? Let's narrow it down to five because and five was still even hard to pick. Oh, five was so, really hard. Yeah. I mean, the thing is, is like I don't want to talk about like Frank Tarkenton or you know what I mean, like Fran Tarkenton. <laughs> Fran, See, you Fran, don't even know his name exactly. So you know how bad that would be to talk about. <laughs> but there, I mean, there's a lot of guys that like I want to put in this list that I I can't. Absolutely, um, and especially like a, guys, especially guys like Sammy Ball and Grant and Otto Graham, who mm-hmm. are like older generation quarterbacks. Um, that you just can't put in there. So it's mm-hmm. yeah, and that was that. I found that hard as as I was going through. It's like yeah, you want to throw in old school, and we'll, obviously we'll talk about this when we get to it. But you want to throw in old school guys, but the errors of quarterbacks are so different, especially like statistically that it, it, they don't compare. Like Johnny Unitas versus Aaron Rodgers, just doesn't like it doesn't compare. You know what I mean? Sure. Uh, sure. So it it, it, cre- it created an interesting uh, predicament for us. But we're gonna talk about that. We're gonna give you our picks. For this upcoming slate of games, we'll have uh, on Thursday, so recording Wednesday, Thursday night's game against the Bengals-Ravens, so we want to get the picks out before that, and let you know what we think is going to happen the uh, rest of the week. We did pretty good on our picks. We did. Week, you know? Yeah, I think I was 8-4-1, and one. you were like 7-5-1. and one, Oh so. no, you were better than that. You were oh, better than it? that. Let me let me let me pull these up. Cause well, I, I guess I, that I, was as of Sunday night, so. Right, and we both... Pr- correctly predicted the the uh, monday night games so yeah you were 10 okay. 4 and 1 and i'm 9 5 and 1 so not a bad start shout out to us for project project blah. shout out to us for predicting the jets over the lions obviously we knew that sam darnold was just you know the rough start the, the rough, <laughs> rough start to his yeah. career but you know what followed it up nicely he, absolutely he did, so. and that's admirable hey man i mean you th- your first career I-, I loved i don't know if you saw this on uh 
uh, during the game or after the game, but uh, on Twitter I saw that there are two other quarterbacks since 1980 that have started their career, their first pass with a pick six, and it was Brett Favre and Jameis Winston. And I was yep. like, this is the weirdest grouping of players. Like, Brett Favre, Jameis Winston, and Sam Darnold are, like, the only, like, in this group together. It's very different paths of a career, for sure. Uh, sure. So, anywho, guys, like I said, uh, picks, goat conversation, another top five, as always, because Mitch bringing that heat. So, uh, bringing the heat. Yeah, absolutely. Stick a, okay, I messed up this transition. Uh, oh, we're gonna. Okay. I'm, I'm, I'm gonna. I'm gonna keep this in so that it's awkward. <laughs> okay. But I just wanted everybody to know that I, I messed up. I, I didn't transition myself. You guys well are getting enough. raw behind the scenes look right now. Of what so, happens when we screw up? Yeah, it's it's. So. We're doing it live. What is that? We're Who's doing that? it live. You see? <laughs> That's a meme. <laughs> Stick around, guys. We'll be right back. You know what occurs every single day, regardless of the day? Uh, ooh, um, a, s- a sunrise. The sun does come up, but we got news. Oh, we got yeah, news no, to cover. That, that that does happen every day. Let's get into it. Let's get into the news. This week in the world of sports. Guys, we got some new news in the NFL this week. Um, actually today it was announced that Josh Allen will start week two. He will be under center for the Buffalo Bills. Nathan Peterman is out. Josh Allen is in. The future will be under center for the Buffalo Bills. I think a great move on the part of Sean McDermott. Dallin, give us your thoughts on this move. Nathan Peterman is trash. So if they didn't start Josh Allen, then they would be completely incompetent. So he is a garbage. He is garbage can with arms. Yeah, literally. I mean, the man started three NFL games and never finished a start has injured once benched twice. I mean, like I said, if they didn't do this, it it, like, like the world would stop spinning. Like it would not make sense. I better cite my source here, by the way, with using the phrase of garbage can with arms. That's a Jordan Fox phrase. Oh, yeah. Oh, Um, there you go. So I have to I have to give him credit there on that one. But yeah, you know, Nate Peterman, Rooster, five picks and a half, just an abysmal performance. Week one against the Ravens got blown out 47 to three. It's time to give the young guy a shot. And you know what? You're starting off. 0 and one. Who are they playing this week? They're playing the Chargers. So you're going to put him up against a good challenge there. I think a formidable defense. Why not give him the look there? But I don't want people to jump to conclusions about Josh Allen if he struggles against the Chargers because the Chargers are a good defense. Right. So I don't think you can jump to conclusions about him um, if he struggles. He throws maybe two picks. Uh, He fumbles the ball because he's getting pressure. Just don't jump to conclusions yet, especially with the young guy. I think you have to see multiple weeks of that to start drawing conclusions. 
Um, yeah. So a, a good first tough task for him. Facing absolutely. Defense. Well, and I think it's important to remember that besides Lamar Jackson, Allen's probably the most raw quarterback prospect that came out of that first round draft. Oh, so sure. yeah. he, he's probably the least ready as terms of like being more polished, like Darnold or Rosen or Mayfield. So uh, it's going to take him some time to acclimate, but Hey, give him week two and the rest of the season to the, I mean, I, I don't know it, what else they got to lose. You know? Yeah, just another game. They're going to lose exactly. a lot of them. So exactly, you know, might as well give them a shot. Yep. More NFL news: Nick Foles will start again under center for the Philadelphia Eagles in Week Two. Carson Wentz, who left late in the season last year due to a torn ACL, has still not been cleared for contact. They're going in to Tampa. They're playing Tampa Bay. They're in Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay had a great week last week, beating the New Orleans Saints, putting up 48 on the road in New Orleans. Do you have any worries about Philadelphia now going and playing Tampa Bay, who just is coming off a great week? Do you have any worries? No, them not playing at, Tampa not, Bay, or do you think it was all. more of a fluke last it, week? It was one. It was definitely a fluke, but two Phillies' defense is their strength, not their offense. So the sure. defense is gonna. I mean, Tampa Bay is gonna come back to earth. The defense will limit Tampa Bay, and the offense is gonna be able to do what they want against that Tampa D, just like the Saints did. I mean, the Saints, despite losing, put up forty points against Tampa. So it's not like the defense for Tampa Bay was doing anything. So I, I'm not worried. It's this is a good start for Nick Foles. Like it's, this isn't a game that you feel like you need Carson Wentz so luckily for them they have these you know few weeks in the beginning to kind of ease into the season make sure Wentz is healthy before they put him out there yeah and you know what and Nick Foles he's not you know he he won a Super Bowl last year so he's (laughs) He's, not someone he's he's not someone come on let's not (laughs) big dick Nick exactly you shouldn't feel uncomfortable having him under center no I mean he's very serviceable he could go start for a lot of teams um, yum, I think yum. Buffalo was one place. He, where should, he, could start right he now. should be starting so, for a few teams. Yeah, yeah. you, you so, know, like like I said last week, he's not going to win you games, maybe, but he's also going to not lose you games. He will keep no. you in a game, and like I said, their strength is their defense. That's what their run well, game he, defense. And he kind of won him the Super Bowl. I mean, I mean, he did. He did win him the Super Bowl, but the regular season before those playoffs, he was very not not good. He was very well, he, not good. He, he was very not good. Yes, good he was very now. not good. I, I say well, that I mean, on purpose. He per- only played two regular season games, though. I think and it was like he goes three. In the playoffs, and, yeah. but then he goes in the playoffs and plays fantastic. It he re- proved that he could win you games. Yeah, it really wasn't until the Super Bowl that he really played like. I'm sorry, really, thirty-eight really well? to seven against the Minnesota Vikings. Yeah, that's winning you a game. All right, against the number one he defense won. in football. I just don't yeah. – he's, he's not like that caliber of a player that he's going to go win you a game. You know what I mean? Like 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 some of these top-tier quarterbacks, like despite what the other te- the rest of the team will do, they will win you the game. Like but I Aaron think that's Rogers. the stigma that comes with him because he's a backup quarterback. Perhaps. perhaps. Because people, people don't say that backup quarterbacks can win you games because they're backups for a reason. Right. So I, yeah. think that's yeah. the, I think that's the stigma that comes with him. I think this is a guy that can go out and win games. Yeah. Yeah. Um, He's I'm, not going to be a starter in Philadelphia once Carson Wentz comes back. I think we both can agree on that. Nor should he, yeah. Yeah, nor should he. Carson Wentz is a far better, te- better talent than Nick Foles. But I think he can get the job done. He can go yeah. out and win you games. Yeah. Last bit of NFL news I got. Lev Bell will likely not play again this week. Week 2, James Conner will remain the starter. As a fantasy owner of James Conner, I am totally okay with this. <laughs> but, as a, but as a fantasy owner of Lev Bell on the same exact team... 
I'm also not okay with this. So how should how should Steelers fans feel about this, Dallin? Do you think that Lev Bell's holding out like this? Uh, well, I, I think if you weren't worried already, you probably should be. <laughs> I mean, like, great that James Conner came out and had himself a game, but the dude has an ugly ass haircut. So I just don't know if that's the guy you, you oh, want. Oh, going to diss on his hair? Instead of love. Did you see his haircut? No, I didn't pay attention oh, to his hair. Oh he was too God. busy putting everybody, up Everybody go him. Google James Conner haircut. I swear to you, it is the ugliest thing I've ever seen. Uh, hey, but you know what? When you ball out like that, you can have your hair however the hell you want. No, no, no. It's atrocious. Um, but in all honesty, you should be worried. I, 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 I don't know. I, I think at this point, you just need to accept that Lev Bell's not going to be on the team next year, and he's not going to contribute much to you this year. So I would, I would break up and move on if I'm so a Steelers fan. If I was going to say week six that he returns, would you take the over or the under? Um, I would take the under. You think he's going to come I, back sooner than that? I, I think he sits out. Well, he has to come back by what week ten? Yeah, I, I think he sits out like four weeks. I think I, I think the tender he has to sign is four. million or something like that. So, I mean, he's passing up a ton of money every single week just by not collecting his game check. It was what? $800,000 last week. Um, It's going to be a similar number this week. Yeah. I I mean, it's, it's a, it's a pretty penny. So we'll see. They have, they have a bye week and week six. I could see him coming back after that. Okay. So then they would be That's five games. They'd yeah. be five games. Actually, no. I'm sorry. This is six. So uh, they will by week week seven. Okay. So they played one game. They have five more till they're by, and then they come back against the Browns again in on October twenty eighth. So I, I mean that would be that would make sense. He'd get the bye week to kind of come back and then you know reset or whatever with the rest of the team. But I I don't know. Yeah, if you're if you're a uh, if you're if you're a Steelers fan, I would break up and move on from Love Bell. It's not looking. Burn good. your Love Bell jerseys. Buy your James Conner jersey. Don't do that. We don't. We so, don't. <laughs> I don't know. It, it's it's a sticky situation. That's for sure. And um, I think I think it's I lean more to the side that it's a selfish move by Love Bell. Mm-hmm. Um, that I mean he's passing up a fourteen point two million dollar tender that he could just sign. Go play, audition for a team for next year. Now, I know you made the argument, I think it was in the last podcast, that he has nothing to audition. Everyone knows what Lev Bell is. Yes. But you might as well put on a show to try to maximize that contract that you can get. Because if you're going to set out half a season, who knows what they're going to come back in those last six games are going to look like, or those last eight games are going to look like. So I say go sign the deal and get back on the field. But that's just me. Yeah. I don't know. Yeah. Well, that's what I think anyone would think to do. But obviously, Love Bell's doing something completely different. <laughs> so right. he's, he's blazing his own path, I guess that's for sure. <laughs> oh, yeah. So, Dallin, I heard we got some NBA news. We do. Just you're our leading I, I, correspondent I, I, for the NBA. I'm the NBA expert on the podcast. I'm just kidding. Um, I'm not an expert in anything except for pretending to be an expert in everything. Bars. Accurate. Bars. Um, so NBA, (laughs) NBA hall of fame inductions were last weekend up in Springfield, Massachusetts. I just wanted to mention the few guys, uh, great all time players that were inducted in the hall of fame this last week, Steve Nash, Ray Allen, Jason Kidd, and Grant Hill. Uh, I mean, we have MVPs in this list. We have 
a lot of really good guards, two two of the greatest point guards in Steve Nash and Jason Kidd, in my opinion. So uh, cool to see them inducted. Uh, it's always good to like honor the the legends of the game that we've had. Absolutely, absolutely, yeah. And like you know, Jason Kidd and Steve Nash were guys that we grew up watching. Um, yeah. And definitely not not just two of the greatest point guards of their era, but I think even Steve Nash you can put him in the conversation as the, one of the greatest point guards of all time and yeah. Jason Kidd yeah. one of the greatest scoring point guards of all time um and Grant Hill another one I just I always revert back to thinking of him with that Duke team that everyone loved to hate yeah when he was paired <laughs> up with Christian Leitner so um yeah a, a very solid class and then Ray Allen probably one of the greatest shooters of all time not Abs- the greatest, absolutely but and with one of the most clutch shots in uh, NBA Finals history when he hit that three in the corner uh, oh, yeah. when he was with Miami and LeBron. Uh, so, yeah, I mean, great great legacies in all those names. So I just wanted to, to mention those. We have a few uh, injury, surgery updates, I guess you would call them. Devin Booker is undergoing hand surgery. Uh, and uh, it looks like... I, I, I was going to try to pronounce... The the thing that they're doing, I'm going to try this for you guys. Uh, please don't make fun of me. He's undergoing surgery to repair an injury to his fifth metacarpal phalangeal joint. That, I feel like that was actually pretty that good. That was actually correct. Oh, that was look, actually correct. Look at me. Good job. <laughs> oh, man. That's one of the most intimidating words I've ever seen. Uh, he's expected to mix about six weeks, so that would... He'd miss training camp, preseason, and the first few games of the season. Uh, so not good news, especially for a guy who just signed a five-year, $158 million max contract in July. So uh, obviously things to, to look at going into the season, and hopefully he can recover uh, and perform for that young team. Uh, yeah, that's, I mean, that's about it there. We'll just have yeah. to wait and see, but hopefully it's not anything too serious. Yeah, hopefully not. Do, do you know if it's his dominant hand? Is it is it his shooting hand or? Let me check my research. It's on his right hand. I believe he's right-handed. Yeah, that is his so, shooting hand. Yes. So, yeah, a little bit of a setback, but um, thankfully it's just a hand. Yeah, and stuff like that's pretty easy to come back from. So, and, and they can they can keep the hand on. And that's going to be huge that they don't have to detach the hand and put it back. You know. Oh yeah, that would that, suck. Right. That <laughs> that would even, suck. That'd be even a bigger setback. You'd have to shoot with like a nub. A nub. Shaquem Griffin over here, like punching the ball into the basket. Oh, you know? <laughs> that's cold. That's cold. well. He has he has no hand. That's not cold. You just I, but you know you don't stab at that. <laughs> just say, just saying, you said he'd have to shoot it with no hand. Um, Dallin being hostile today. I'm not. Take it easy, D. Starting off rough. Sorry, guys. Uh, Russell Wills. Russell Wills. Uh, Russell Wilsbrook. Um, no, Russell Westbrook uh, is having knee surgery. He is probably going to end up missing the first few games of the Thunder's season as well. Uh, it's an arth- arthroscopic surgery on his right knee, so nothing super, super serious. But uh, I guess for them, basically, after four weeks, they're going to check, make sure he's good. He might be available for the home opener. I don't see them rushing him in any sort of way because they don't need him for the first few weeks of the season. So uh, just something to watch going into this season. Two bigger named guys in the league uh, having some late summer 
actually not even summer, fall injuries, fall surgeries. Yeah. A lot of late surgeries coming up, but you know, that that's part of, that's part of the business is sometimes you got to go get stuff taken care of so that you're solid for the rest of the year. Pretty much, pretty much. So that's all, that's all, that's, that's all for the news. That is. I don't know. We need a catchphrase to like come out of that. You stay classy, San Diego. Well, no, that one, that one's used. We can't, that's. Oh. Can't be our catchphrase. If you stay classy, everyone. Dudes. Just <laughs> stay classy, my dudes. I don't know. We'll come up with something, yeah, guys. We'll, we'll come we'll, up with something. We'll work on that. <laughs> so, what's what's next, D? What are we doing? I don't know. You you tell me because I I think oh. uh, I think it's time. Well, hey, you know we heard that uh, Booker busted up his hand and we heard that Westbrook busted up his knee. So let's stay on the topic of busting and let's go in this week's edition of Mitch Moe's top five list of the week and go with the top five NFL busts of all time. Oh, I love it. I love talking busts. Isn't yeah. it? It's such a fun thing to talk about people's failures. Oh, it's <laughs> awesome. <laughs> Especially when they when they're egotistical guys, and that's where we're gonna start. Oh, one of the biggest egos um, that we've seen in the NFL. Um, we're gonna start with number five, Brian Bosworth, who is a linebacker drafted out of the University of Oklahoma. Um, fun fact: wasn't even drafted in the regular NFL draft. He was a supplemental pick in the first round. Really? Um, yeah, big ego from this guy uh he was known as the boss he was known for posing with playboy models making posters when he was in college mm. call it i think there's one poster of him with a playboy model and the 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 phrase on the poster was the land of boss hilarious uh, yeah <laughs> big big ego but he went to the university of oklahoma um he made a point when he was getting drafted to write a letter to various nfl teams um, saying that if they drafted him, he would not report to their training camp or play for him. So as a joke, the Tacoma Stars, who was a major indoor league, soccer league team, drafted him in the 12th round of their 1987 draft. And it was because their general manager stated, because we didn't receive a letter from him saying he wouldn't play for us. <laughs> That's awesome. That's pretty good. So he wrote these letters... Um, and it came out later when he had an interview with Bryant Gumbel saying that he wrote these letters because he wanted to declare his desire to play for the Los Angeles Raiders um, because he felt that they fit his personality best. Um, what ended up happening was in the 87 supplemental draft, he was drafted by the Seattle Seahawks, a team that he wrote a letter to. Um, oh. Not only did he not stick to his promise that he wouldn't sign – he wound up signing the biggest contract in team history and the biggest rookie contract in NFL history at the time. Ten years for $11 million. Wow. Uh, he then tried to sue the NFL for the right to wear number 44, which was his number at the University of Oklahoma. But the NFL had a rule at that time where linebackers would not be wearing jersey numbers in the 40s. Right. Um the suing was unsuccessful. He settled for number 55. And after only two years and multiple injuries, he left the NFL. Wow. 
Yeah. Ten- his, whole, his hallmark moment was getting trucked by Bo Jackson in the end zone <laughs> on a Monday night game where, I think it was a Monday night game, um, got trucked by Bo Jackson. I mean, just annihilated. That is awesome. Um, <laughs> he signed a 10-year contract? That's insane. 10-year contract after he said he wouldn't play or si- like he wouldn't sign, wouldn't play, wouldn't show up to training camp for the team. Wow, that's amazing. I was like, oh, I'll sign a 10-year contract with you guys, though. What an idiot. <laughs> so, Byron Bosworth, number five. Number four is probably a name that you won't, well, you won't recognize him because he's a bust. But number four is Akili Smith, who is a quarterback drafted by the Cincinnati Bengals in, let me pull this up, 1999. He was the third overall pick. Just one of those guys, tons of, tons of talent, but only started 11 games in college. Wow. Um, yeah. Just one se- one season then. Yeah, one season. Yeah. Huh. Um, played two years of junior college at Grossmont College in San Diego, then transferred to the University of Oregon, where he started 11 games, throwing 30 touchdown passes, um, was drafted third overall by the Cincinnati Bengals, and was out of the league by 2005. Mm-hmm. Um, only playing three years with the Bengals, struggling mightily. Um, in those last two years, he didn't even play in 2004. He wasn't on a team. 03, he was with the Packers, and 05, he was with the Buccaneers as a practice squad guy. Wow. Um, yeah, it's pretty bad. Pretty, yeah, pretty Ake- bad. Achilles Smith. Achilles. That is crazy. Smith. You go from junior college to one year in the NFL, and then one year in, in like a Division One, and then your third pick in the draft. Yeah. That should have been a sign. I, I mean, the Bengals should have just, like, hey, this this might not actually work out. This guy doesn't have well, a lot of experience playing but high level. You know what? We got a guy right now who only started 13 games in college, Mitchell Trubisky, who plays for the Bears. Oh, yeah. Only started 13 games for the University of North Carolina. So uh, we'll see how that pans out. But yeah. Um, well, hopefully for you, it does. I sure <laughs> hope so. I sure hope so. Number three on the list is Tony Mandarich, who was a offensive tackle he was dubbed as the greatest offensive lineman prospect in nfl history coming out of college wow um went to michigan state he was drafted number two overall in 1989 to the green bay packers um where he struggled with painkiller addiction and steroids um if you saw this guy a monster of a man six foot six 330 pounds a and yoked i mean this dude was not like flabby chubby he was a yoked human being (laughs) turns out he was doing a lot of steroids Uh, failed a bunch of drug tests he was out of the league after 1992 reappeared with the indianapolis colts trying to make a comeback in 96 only played with them until 1998 and he was gone after that the greatest offensive lineman prospect in nfl history only played what a total of five years that's crazy six years yeah that's all. I mean, that's yeah. a lot of hype to live up to. A lot of hype. Like a lot of hype. <laughs> and you know, what? some guys just can't handle the can't handle the spotlight. We've seen it a lot, especially with this next guy, number two on the list, Jamarcus Russell. Ooh, my uh, favorite. Yeah. Oh, he was bad, very bad. Seven and eighteen overall record as a starter for the sir seven and eighteen. Sorry, that's what I said, right? Yeah. 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 Three seasons with the Oakland Raiders. Um, he was released on May 6, 2010. 
He was originally drafted out of LSU, the number one overall pick in 2007. At LSU, he was he was a great college quarterback, 21 and four as a starter, MVP of the 2007 Sugar Bowl. Um, but then he held out for the Oakland Raiders to give only to get a contract worth 61 million dollars and 32 million guaranteed. Probably one of the worst contracts ever to pan out because uh-huh. of how much the Raiders had to pay for a guy that they eventually cut three years later. Right. Um, he has made a few different comeback attempts, one in 2013, one in 2016. Both of them didn't pan out. But um, He tried Marcus to make a Russell, comeback in 2016? Yeah, at well over 300 pounds. Holy. And tried, and tried to play quarterback. So he wanted um, to be Seb- Sebastian Janikowski. But, no, he but, wanted to be a, kind of the Jared Lorenzen type. You know, the hefty lefty. Right. He was trying to come back and play. Oh, man. Um, but yeah. Number one, Dallin, you could say the name with me if oh, you want to say it. Yes. Yeah. Ra- yeah. Ra- Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. Ryan Leaf. Woo-hoo. Number one overall. Or number one on the NFL bus list. Um, went in the same draft as Peyton Manning. Um, there was a big debate on who's better to take, Ryan Leaf or Peyton Manning. Brian Leafs out of Washington State. He was picked number two overall in the '98 draft. Um, he, he, he was. He just. Oh, he was awful. <laughs> I don't even know if the numbers are want are some I want to list because they might make people physically ill if I list the numbers say, here. Say them. I. I say, oh. say it. Okay. Um, well. Do I really have to? Yes, you have to. Do I really have I w- to? I want to okay. know. Um, 1998, his rookie year, uh, he threw two touchdowns and 15 interceptions. Wow. Uh, wow. He had, a, he had a 39 passer rating in 2000. That was the next time he started. He didn't even start in 1999. 2000, he started <laughs> 18 or 11 touchdowns, 18 interceptions. And then he had a brief stint with Dallas where he started three games in 2001, one touchdown, three interceptions. So overall, 14 touchdowns, 36 interceptions, and a 50 passer rating. Wow. Completed less than 50% of his passes, and he was the number two overall pick in the 98 draft. Yeah. So Wow. I mean, that's it, it sounds like, to me, Ryan Leaf is like if Nathan Peterman was allowed to start an entire season. Oh, God. I, I, he didn't I, even start an entire season. He never started an entire season. Well, more than like, I mean, what, he started 15 games his rookie year? So like he started we, nine. If, oh, nine. Started, he, he threw, threw 18, 50, 50. Wow, two touchdowns in nine games and 15 interceptions. Yeah. So How do you stick with a guy for nine games that way? Oh, I mean, that's a great question. That's a great question. I mean, you drafted a number two, and that's the difference. Like, you, you, got, you got to like, you got to give a, you invested so much into that guy. You use such a high... Like a lot of draft capital in him, you have to try to get your money's worth. That is rough. It yeah, really rough. Poor Ryan Leaf. But yeah, you know sometimes football can be rough. A lot of times it comes from drafting busts, and busts are names that will infamously live forever in NFL history, and that's why they are the topic of this week's Mitch Mo's top five list of the week. That was great. I love busts. 
but they're, but they're fascinating. They're fascinating. They, they are. I mean, and it's an amazing. Like when you talk about guys like Jamarcus Russell, Ryan Leaf, like these guys that were drafted so high, and then like you said, you look at everybody who's drafted after them, everybody else that could have been selected. How much like investment went into that one person that just like ruins a franchise? I mean, look at what Raiders like post Jamarcus Russell Raiders. I mean that that deterred them for a really long time. Oh, absolutely. you can't, you, you know, you can't, I mean, and, and when you're, when you have a top five pick, it means you're already not a good team. You can't afford to continue to not be a really good team for three to five years after that. You know, it's yeah. uh yeah. yeah, you can't, it's, it's, it's fascinating. Uh, it, absolutely. All right. Before we get into our NFL picks, I do want to mention something for you fantasy football fans, I just want to talk a little bit about Mitch and I's fantasy football <laughs> season so far. As you know, we started our Dynasty League uh, this year, and we had our first week of games. Obviously, your boy over here dominated, uh, scored the most points of anybody in our league. I just want to mention that so everybody knows. Uh, Mitch lost. By two points. Eh, a lot, uh, had a lead going into Monday night. And- yeah, well... Randall Cobb had to have, or actually it was Sunday night, and Randall Cobb had to, you know, just have Aaron Rodgers on his team and collect 29-some-odd points. And uh, Tanner Pisini, who we've had on the podcast, the Italian Stallion, triumphed over me by two points. Uh, it was a disappointing loss. But we are looking forward. The NorCal Rumble Ponies are looking forward to Week 2 as we go and play Bunches of Funches, the team owned <laughs> By the very own, our very own, Dallin Graff. I love that name, by the way. I just want to let you guys know. I like I like the other team, the Salt Lake City Mormons, but I guess you can't use Mormons anymore, though. No, right, I'm trying, trying to... No, I just like... I like the idea of using a team name based on the players you have, you know? Like, sure, try, yeah. trying to trying to think of something. Um, I, I might change it. I don't know. I like... Anywho, yeah, Mitch and I are going to play each other this week. It won't be much of a competition, but I just want to let you guys know... Oh, God. Uh, so that when I destroy him again, uh, when I destroy, like I did last week, I mean, listen guys, I, and I I said this in our fantasy football episodes, I love to stack players. So I have Drew Brees, Kamara and Michael Thomas all on the same team. And they got me like a hundred points last week combined. Uh, so that was beautiful. It's, it's going to be a rough, it's going to be a rough, rough week, but I mean, Mitch, your team isn't bad. I will give you that. Your team is not bad by any means. Some, no, some, I, I'm really a happy lot of potential. With my team. Yeah, I, I, and you know what? I kind of did the whole build for the future type deal, right? Um, and I wound up with more talent now than I anticipated on having. So, um, and it, you know what? Playing James Conner when I had to bench Lev Bell definitely helped me out a lot. Um, I think that's what kind of kept me in the game as long as I was um, this last week. So, yeah. Wait, how did you end up with Lev Bell and Saquon? Um, I made a deal with MJ. MJ oh, that's Padula. right. That's right. You traded um, for you Les listen, Bell. If you listen that's to MJ, right. here's, your, here's your debut on the podcast, man. <laughs> the first shout out to MJ Padua. Um, I made a deal with him. I, uh, I traded uh, Christian McCaffrey, Tariq Cohen, and my first round draft pick this next coming draft for Le'Veon Bell. And in, after in the- Les Bell was going <laughs> to sit out the first week, MJ texts me and he goes, hey, what's the price for Lev Bell? He wants Lev Bell back. Now. Really? <laughs> and so, how are you feeling about this trade in hindsight, knowing that you might only get him for like half of the fantasy regular season? I'm not worried about Lev. It's it. I'm gonna have the same team next year. It's Lev true. Bell's it, 26 years old. So, yeah. 
I'm that, not too worried about it. But if I were going to sell MJ, listen to me right now. If I'm going to sell Lev Bell back, it's going to be a high price, brother. And I'm going <laughs> to say the price right here. I think I texted him this, but I'm going to announce the price right here on the Sports Hour. I want McCaffrey back. I oh. want my old first round back. And I want your first round. That's what I want. Wow. I want two first rounds of McCaffrey back if you want Bell. Send it over, brother, and we'll make this happen. So basically, in essence, what this would be is you traded who? With McCaffrey, you traded Cohen and who else? And a first round. Okay, so basically this is a trade for Cohen for your, for his first round. Is that, if, if that trade was I would, at the end of it, out. At the end of it all, because I actually got a second round pick from Jordan oh. Fox um, when I dealt Trey Burton for him. I dealt Trey Burton to him for Evan Ingram in a second round. At the end of it all, I will have gotten a first round and a second round draft pick and only lost Tariq Cohen. If this works. So, if this MJ, works. I say don't do it. I like McCaffrey. Trust me, he's going to be good. That might have just showed my hand by announcing this on the show, but you it's, know all what? it's all good. It's all good. I love an, it. It's an interesting thing to talk about. It, so it, it, it really is. So, yeah. Yeah, the the fantasy. Uh, so so in this one, I'm one to know. Mitch is zero and one in the in the redraft league. We're both zero and one. I had a rough. I had a really rough week. Yeah, like, I played uh, Alex Sonry, who, if you remember, we recorded an episode in his house when we did our first fantasy mock draft with uh, our resident fantasy expert Jordan Fox. And um, yeah, I, I played him this week and lost. By by not it wasn't a wide margin. It wasn't a wide margin. It was it was still a close game, but um, it's tough going into Monday night when you're only up ten points and he has Todd Gurley and you have Marshawn Lynch. So yeah. <laughs> that that's a that's a tough hill to climb. <laughs> so. Scary. Yeah, that's 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 a scary one. I got demolished by our buddy Huddleston, Austin Huddleston. Uh, so I'm feeling good going into this week. I feel a lot better. Uh, I I I struggled with quarterback. It was my biggest issue. I was trying to start the right guy, and I in uh, I didn't start Pat Mahomes, which was the biggest issue. Oh, now yeah. now I'm still I've got Andrew Luck or 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 Mahomes, and I'm deba- I don't know who to start. Mitch, I need some I insight. Know. Well, let's look at right now. Here. Luck's projected to score 19. But Mahomes is projected to score 18.57, so they're pretty close. Mahomes is on the road at Pittsburgh. Lux on the road at, at Washington. So I... That's Luck, a tough one. It, 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 thank you. It is very tough. That's a tough one. Yeah, so hopefully I won't mess this up. I don't know. <laughs> I, ho- I hope you don't either, man. I that's, hope that's you don't all, mess this up. That's all I got to say. Uh, so, yeah. We, we love fantasy football. We want to keep you guys updated on how our leagues are going. Uh, let us know how, how your, your teams are going. Uh, if you're feeling confident, if you're not feeling so confident and why, don't ask our, uh, our, our help because we're not experts. Hey, and you know what? And maybe there's something we could do. We could post our starting lineups on the Instagram page. Comment. Let us know. Who do you think is going to win this week? Based on the matchups, what let's we got do going it. on? Let's do it. I'm going to screenshot our little matchup on uh, on ESPN and we'll, tell yeah. us who you think is going to win. Yeah, absolutely. And if you don't say me, you're blocked. You're blocked the on winner, Instagram. <laughs> whoever whoever predicts the winner will get a shout out 
next week. Yeah, on the there podcast. you go. This is good. This is good. Interacting with the people. This is what we do best. Um, all right, let's give our NFL picks. Let's do this. We're gonna do quick, quick, quick picks. All right. First game starts tomorrow night. Thursday night football. Baltimore, Cincinnati. Uh, Andy. Andy Dalton's still a redhead. I don't know if he can get the ball to A.J. Green as well as he would like to against the Baltimore defense. Um, I, even as a chinger, don't care for redheads. Baltimore wins. <laughs> I'm taking Baltimore as well. It's a good defense. It's a decent offense. Uh, yeah, I think it'll for be a close redheaded one. redheaded listeners out there, I, I, I'm just kidding. I'm just <laughs> kidding. Yeah, I, I think it's be a close game, but yeah, Baltimore. Okay, yeah. next we have Kansas City at Pittsburgh. Uh, I am going to go with Kansas City in this game. I am really high on that offense. I don't think Pittsburgh's D is going to stop them at all. And uh, Ben Roethlisberger looked really bad last week, and he is notoriously bad in September. So I, I wouldn't trust the Steelers' offense, so I'm going KC. You know, we only have two of the killer bees there, Ben Roethlisberger and Antonio Brown. I'm riding the James Conner train as long as possible. I'm taking Pittsburgh over KC, a three-point game. I think it's going to be a close one. Yeah, I think it'll be pretty pretty close. Yes, absolutely. So next week, the next game. Sorry, not next week. This week still. We're still talking about week two football. (laughs) Um, Next game, we got Miami. They're going to New York to play the Jets. Miami. (laughs) Miami. Oh, my God, the Jets. Just the Jets. Yeah, yeah. Taking the Jets. Taking the Jets. <laughs> Sam Darnold, another uh, he's another redhead. Uh, this one better than Andy Dalton. I, I take Jets. Yeah, absolutely. Taking the Jets. After that, we got Philadelphia. They're traveling to Tampa Bay. Tampa Bay just put up 48 up on the Saints in New Orleans. Um, Philadelphia, their fans are angrier as ever. Uh, they want that repeat Super Bowl victory. I'm going Philadelphia over Tampa Bay in Tampa Bay. Yeah, I got Philly as well. This won't be a close game. I don't think so. It's it's not going to be a close game. Big Dick Nick. Yeah, you got Big believe. Big Dick Nick. Be, believe. <laughs> Ain't believe no Fitz magic anymore. Um, I, yeah, this is a this is a, a matchup of good nicknames by the way. You have Harvard Jesus versus Big Dick Nick. So this will be uh <laughs> so this is that's a matchup. All right, we've got Cleveland, the Browns, going into New Orleans to face the Saints, who are trying to redeem themselves from embarrassment last week. I am going to go New Orleans. As much as I like the Browns, as ugly as that performance was, New Orleans is still a good team. I highly doubt they give up 48 points again to this Browns team. So, so I don't think that uh, it, I don't think it's going to take 48 to beat the New Orleans Saints. This is my upset of the week. I am taking Cleveland wow. over New Orleans in New Orleans. I think New Orleans drops. Two in a row at home to start the year. Um, Cleveland so close last week being playing Pittsburgh. Um, I think they get it done in New Orleans. I love it. That would be great. Probably wrong, though. All right. Next matchup is the Colts going into Washington to visit the Skins. I like Andrew Luck. I like Washington. They looked really good, but they also played a really bad team. So I feel like we don't know a lot of what they are. But Andrew Luck is going to pull off a win on the road here. I'm taking the Colts. AP looked really good. Um, he's playing another weak defense this week. I think after they gave him what the ball 26 times last week on the ground and threw him the ball, that kind of workload with that kind of talent against a weak Indianapolis defense, I take Washington at home over Indianapolis. So the next game, 
The Chargers, they're going to Buffalo. We don't have to talk about this one at all. Chargers no. over Buffalo. Give me a percentage chance that Buffalo has of winning this game. Buffalo has the same chance of winning the game as I do of winning the lottery. So not good. It's not good. It's you not know, good. You know, unless you know, unless Josh Allen throws for like four touchdowns, that and that's not happening. So, yeah, Chargers yeah, over Buffalo yeah. very handily. You know when uh, when they give like projections of like percentage chance of like making the playoffs, and it shows like one percent, and then it shows the lesser than sign. And that basically is like zero, but they can't say zero, so they have to go less than one. That's that's what I'm giving Buffalo to win this game. Obviously, it's the Chargers. That's right. All right. Now, going. Oh, ah, yeah, it's my turn. Oh, it is your turn. Sorry. Okay. Cheese. I'm just kidding. <laughs> We've got a great matchup here. Minnesota going to Green Bay. We don't know Aaron Rodgers' status for this game, but the last time he played the Minnesota Vikings, uh, Anthony Barr hurt him. Yeah. So yeah, I'm going to take Minnesota in this game, and I am going to predict that Rodgers sits this one out. Even if he's oh, healthy. Wow. He's even, well, I mean, he's not really healthy, but even if he can play, I don't think he does because they're not going to win this game. I take Minnesota. All right. I'm going to direct my attention to a listener right now. Angela, I want you to nod your head that you're here. I do think that they're going to split this series. I don't. I don't think that one's a sweep's going to happen for this season series. But if Aaron Rodgers stays healthy, and I have faith in Aaron Rodgers staying healthy, I think Green Bay wins at home against Minnesota in a tight game. I'm going to say twenty-seven twenty-four, or or you know twenty-eight twenty-seven. A tight game. Aaron Rodgers stays healthy. He pulls this one out. Green Bay wins at home against Minnesota. Wow. And avoids Anthony Barr the entire time. Just like runs away. <laughs> He's like, please, I, I please don't break my collarbone again. Yeah. Um, <laughs> All right. Next game. Carolina, Atlanta. Dallin, your Panthers. They're traveling to Atlanta to play the 2016 NFC champions. Atlanta Falcons. Um, I have Carolina in this game. Um, I, I, I could see a 10-point, 13-point victory for him. Uh, that, that defense is super solid. And I don't have a whole lot of faith in the Atlanta defense. So if you're looking on fantasy to play maybe some Carolina players, this might be the week to do it to see if they could break out a little bit against a weaker Atlanta defense. Carolina beats Atlanta by at least 10. Really? I am not – I mean, they're going to win. I'm going to say by like a touchdown – uh, it's going to be a close game. It's always a close game. They're those division rivals. Uh, I mean, they they play hard within the NFC South. Uh, but like you said, Carolina's defense is too good. I think the offense is going to struggle again this week as they st- continue to incorporate this new style from North Turner. But I think about week four, they'll start to turn it around and kind of get a groove into it. But I, I still think they win this game. So I got Carolina. <clears throat> we have an AFC South matchup in Tennessee. With Texans versus Titans. The Titans had the weirdest game last week. Uh, Houston had Deshaun Watson not play that well. I have Tennessee at home getting this victory and forcing Houston to 0 2 to start the season. Okay. Well, I have Houston going to 1 1 and beating Tennessee on the road. Um, I think Deshaun Watson bounces back. Again, 
it's lack of faith in the defense that they're playing. Um, and I do kind of, kind of like the Texas defense um, against a weaker Tennessee offense. So Houston over Tennessee. Next game, probably the garbage game of the week. Arizona playing Los Angeles, the Rams. Um, do we have to talk about this? One? Thirty-one to Did- ten. I do, I do want to shout out Tanner Tanner Paseni, uh replied uh, I, I think it was on Instagram or something. He said I I was really close to predicting the out. I, I said the Rams Raiders game would be thirty one to ten, and then it ended up being well like thirty one seventeen or thirty one thirteen thirty thirty one thirty three thirteen. Right. So I was like pretty close to predicting it. This one's going to be thirty one ten, and I'm going to get it close. So. I'm going to say 34-10 Rams over Arizona. Sounds sounds about right. Yeah, that's right. <laughs> All right, next game, we have the lowly Detroit Lions going on the road against San Francisco. Uh, Jimmy G's going to bounce back from a tough matchup with Minnesota, and they're going to win this game. Detroit's going to 0-2, and it's not going to look good for them. Yep, Niners, 24-7. Oh, we have a special appearance on the podcast. Once again, Caitlin Graff. Yeah, she's, she's here. Yeah. Well, oh, oh, Phoebe. And Phoebe. And Phoebe. Oh, Phoebe the cat. to be in the podcast. Okay, what team are you taking? Oh, oh, she said Panthers. She likes felines. I'm just kidding. All right. Cool. I could have pre- she's not picking the Browns because she doesn't like the dog pound. Uh, that or poop. She doesn't like poop <laughs> That either. or poop. All right, Oakland on the road to the Mile High City in Denver playing the Broncos. Oakland did not look good against the Rams. Derek Carr struggled mightily. I think the Kinks are going to get worked out, and I'm going to take Oakland in a tight game against Denver. I'm going to say 21-18. Let's do an odd score, 21-18. There There you go. You know, I'm taking Oakland as well. This is one I wavered on. Originally, I had Denver. I switched it. Because I think Oakland, I, I really like what John Gruden did to game plan against that Rams defense. I think he's going to be able to do that against Denver's defense. And I think that Denver's offense struggled despite winning last week against the Seahawks. Case Keenum threw three picks. I, I, I see, I see the, the Raiders getting some momentum, wanting to turn, uh, try to avoid an 0-2 start. And I think they win this on the road. All right, so we have... Uh, probably, I don't know if this is the best matchup this this week, but it's going to be, I think, a really good one. We have New England going down to the swamps of Jacksonville to visit the Jaguars. That was intense. That was, <laughs> that was wow. I'm so glad that turned out so awkward. Uh, Old Mormon coming out hot. You know, I'm getting. You know, you know how that Jacksonville D gets me, man. It's it's. I'm ready to go. Leonard Fournette is out this game. We should. Point that out. He will not be playing. TJ Yeldon, though, is a solid backup, and I think Jacksonville wins this on the road. Or sorry, at home against New England. Yeah, I, I took Jacksonville as well. I think that you know New England's got to drop some games somewhere. Um, Bill Belichick still looks like the Sith Lord, <laughs> and um, the Sith Lord, you know, eventually got beat. Uh, Tom Brady might hit the cliff this week. Who knows? Against this tough Jacksonville defense, I'm taking Jacksonville. Blake the Snake Bortles over the New England Patriots. <laughs> so let me get this straight. Bill Bill Belichick's a- Emperor Palpatine and then Tom Brady's Darth Vader. Does that make Blake Bortles Luke Skywalker? 
Um, <laughs> yes, yes, it is. That's, that's the savior of the or, universe. Or Leonard it's Fournette. Bla- no, it's Leonard Blake. It's got to be Blake. Be no, it's Blake Bortles. Okay, Blake, okay, cool. Blake Bortles, a.k.a. Luke Skywalker, gonna, gonna, gonna destroy the Death Star for a second time. I love it. <laughs> yes, 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 that's what's gonna happen. All right, um, Sunday Night Football. We got a classic rivalry on this game. We have uh, the New York Giants traveling to the Lone Star State and playing the Dallas Cowboys, America's team, who has not been America's team for the last 20-some-odd years because of their mediocrity. I'm citing on the side of Stephen A. Smith on this one. But I am going with the New York Giants. I think Saquon, who just put up 106 106 rushing yards on a very good Jacksonville defense, can do a similar, if not better, performance against the Dallas Cowboys. I am taking the Giants over the Cowboys. Let's say by... 10. All right. I think it's going to be a close game. Division rivals usually play close games even when one team is much better than the other. I think the Giants win this game. Dallas is not good. Dallas they is not, not good at good. all. Yeah. They are very ugly on both sides of the of the ball, and I, I don't know how good they're going to be this year. Also, can we talk about how I know for, like, nostalgia's sake, like, Giants-Cowboys is a good matchup, but this really isn't a good game. No, it's like, not. It's not. Like, it's, I, it's, it's, but, it's a rivalry but, that where like both teams are not that great. But we but. get these NFC East matchups on Sunday Night Football like every single week, and it's like really like like these aren't even good anymore. Like like these aren't good matchups anymore. I don't know. I think it's weird. I think it's overplayed. Sure, sure. I can agree with that. I can get on that with you. Thanks. Okay. Thanks, friend. Yeah. No problem. <laughs> <laughs> That's right, we got Monday Night Football this week. Once again, week two, it is Seattle. They are traveling to the Midway to to play the Chicago Bears. My beloved Chicago Bears, who came so close to pulling off a week one victory against Aaron Rodgers and the Green Bay Packers. Last week, um, they lost that game 24-23. Um, this week, I have the Chicago Bears finally getting that win. They are going to beat the Seattle Seahawks, I'm going to say, by 13. Wow, wow. I think it's going to be a close game. I mean, the Seahawks, the Seahawks are that team that is not very good, but you're still kind of worried when you have to play them. Because they have the talent, sure, yeah. they have the coaching, they have Russell Wilson. So I think they're going to be in a lot of close games, like the Denver game, for example. Close games where they're not going to pull it off. I have Chicago in this one as well, but but more similar to what they had last week. 24-23, 21-20. I mean, I think it's going to be a close game, but, but Trubisky gets the win. Bears get the win. Khalil Mack gets two sacks. And uh, Seattle starts off 0-2, so... All right, that is our picks for the week. Uh, if you want to keep track of them, they will be in the show notes of this episode, so be sure to check them out there. And uh, like we said last week, uh, think of a think of a punishment, something that the loser has to do at the end of the season when it's all said and done, because uh, we need some ideas. We got an idea from Angela Farron, um, I believe. We could pull this up. Um. Oh, yeah. So, a text from Angela Farron, a listener of the podcast, friend of the podcast. 
She texted, I think the loser of your predictions should have to wear a jersey of or root for the team of the other person's choosing, which would be ideally a really crappy one. And, of course, this would have to be showcased in a photo on Instagram. That's a good one. That might be a good one. that's, That's a good one. Ugh. Try to think of like the team I would despise. If I had to wear like a Tom Brady jersey, that would probably hurt me. Ugh, like that a lot. Feels so gross. So that might, we might have to work this out. That's a good one. Continue to send us in your suggestions. We'll we'll decide when we get a little closer. But I I like that one. That's a good. That's you guys got to have to top that. So thank you, Angela, for that suggestion. Yes, absolutely. All right, let us get in to the final part of this episode. The meat. Of the episode, we've had our appetizers, we've drinking some water, we've we've uh, we, we've stealing we've stolen a few bites from our friend's plate, and now we're here at the meat of this episode, the goat list, top five greatest quarterbacks of all time, and uh, oh, yeah. I don't want to do I didn't want to do this. I'm okay with it now. Didn't want to do this. Why Why didn't you want to do this? I think it's too hard to say. I, I just think I think it's too hard to say who the greatest quarterback of all time is. And, and it's very similar. I, I, I like the NBA GOAT list, but that one's also very difficult in different ways because, like, in there, you're talking about people who play different positions. So it's hard to, you know, judge what a point guard does as opposed to what a small forward does. Here, it is quarterbacks, which makes it a little easier. Uh, but I had fun. I think it'll be fun. Yes, absolutely. So, I think it'd be a great exercise. Yeah. So how did I, I, I want to ask before we get started, how did you approach this? And what did you do to, to come up with your list? I think the way, the best way to, uh, for me at least, the best way I found to approach this was overall greatness, statistics, and maybe even hallmark moments. Um, you're, you're real big on those hallmark moments, aren't you? Well, yes. And, but, so, but I think... There's so many factors that go into determining this list. Like Dallin said, it's a tough list to come up with because there are different things that people weigh heavier than others. Absolutely. Some people may may weigh numbers more than um, maybe accolades or winning. And so I think that – I mean there's a lot of people that say Joe Namath should be inside the top ten list of all time for quarterbacks ever – and he threw more interceptions than touchdowns. So, it, I mean, and it was because of the Hallmark moment, calling his victory in 1969 uh, for winning Super Bowl three. So, right. And he, uh, an all right career. Mm-hmm. Statistically, not that great. But there's a, there's so many factors that go into it. And I think that's what makes it such a, a, an interesting conversation to have. So what I did is I just kind of tried to weigh things fairly. Um, I do have my number one. If you listen to last week, you probably know what it's going to be, but it's a, it's a, it's weighing all those factors again for me um, and trying to do it in a fair way. I mean, how did you approach it? I mean, it, it's, it's, it's a tough, it's a tough conversation to approach. Yeah. So, you know, I started, I wrote down the names that came to the top of my head, right? The ones that like you would think of, right? And then right. I went through and talked about, uh, I did research on other lists. So I wrote down 
eight different lists that I found online of greatest quarterbacks of all time. Because I wanted to see, okay, I had in my head where I had guys. I wanted to see what other people had, where other people had them, and why they had them where they did, uh, you know. So obviously there's more than eight, but I wrote down eight, and I kept track of the players that I had originally selected in my head. I wrote down on every list where those people had them ranked. And so then I averaged all those out. I kept track of how many, like, how many times... They ended up on the list. So, like, for example, Tom Brady was on 100% of the list. And, like, Joe Montana was on 100% of the list, right? So, kept track of all that. Went through pro football reference. Looked at stats. uh, Looked at, you know, Pro Bowls, All Pros, MVP, Super Bowl wins. And then also took their rankings as far as passing yards, passing touchdowns, passer rating, completion percentage, and overall completions. And then I took all of that and then came up with a list that I sort of feel comfortable with. So... All righty. That is uh, that is that is where I'm at. So, I have to. I just changed something. Look at that. <laughs> you just changed. I just, just changed something. Just one thing. It's not a big thing. It's kind of a big so, thing. So, did you have any honorable mentions going into? Oh, this absolutely. Because uh, I, I wrote down I think four. Okay, so. cool. So I so how I approached this is I came up with eight names of guys that I wanted to put on the list. So I will mention them plus one of the guys that I thought you could have. To, actually, no. I'll mention the three guys that I wanted to throw on, but I didn't, which were Dan Marino, uh, for obvious reasons. Most of the list had him at about six or seven. So he's kind of like that cusp guy on a lot of the lists that I saw, uh, yeah. though he did end up on every single one. John Elway was another one. He was more six than seven and averaged it out at 6.125. Dan Marino was at like 6.75 as far as like where, you know, people had them at. Um, And then Johnny Unitas was the other one. And that was like an older player who I really wanted to put on the list. But just, I don't know, I feel like when you look at things as a whole, like his legacy is great, obviously. But when we're talking about like the modern era of NFL and where the NFL has gone, I don't think you can compare him fairly to guys like Tom Brady, Joe Montana, Peyton Manning. You know what I mean? So sure. those are like the three guys I had right at the edge of the list. Yeah, I I wrote down five. Johnny U was one of them. Um, and back to the you know you can't accurately compare because there's there's a lore about him. He was a blue collar guy that was playing independent football leagues, and he was tough. He was gritty, and, just, and but he also had a ton of talent, and he played in what was you know dubbed. Now we know it's not the greatest game ever played, but it was titled the greatest game ever played which was, I think, the 1958 or 56 um, NFL championship game um, against the then Baltimore Colts. So it was uh, – or no, he played the New York Giants. He played for right, the Colts. Right, for the Colts, right. Played against the, against the New York Giants. Um, another name I wrote down was Otto Graham, mm-hmm. um, Cleveland Browns quarterback. Uh, his 10-year career, he played in 10 championship games and won seven of them. Um but one of them, uh, but you know, a lot of them were AAFC, All American Football Conference, and pre Super Bowl era. Yeah. So um, you kind of have to discredit it a little bit because the league wasn't really the league then. Right. Right. It wasn't thirty two teams. It wasn't you know right as exactly. competitive as it is now for sure. Um, Elway and Marino were on my honorable mention list as well. Like all the stuff you mentioned, and then uh-huh. the other one was, t- was uh, Terry Bradshaw. Was another one. Oh yeah. Okay. Um, four, I mean, a four-time Super Bowl champion. Yeah. Yeah. Won won a lot of Super Bowls with the Pittsburgh Steelers, and 
Um, he had a great receiver core with him when he was in Pittsburgh with Lynn Swan and uh, oh, I can't. The other guy's name is escaping me. Um, but a, a great '70s quarterback, probably one, probably the best quarterback of the '70s, I would say, uh-huh. um, as far as success goes. Um, but yeah, those were the guys that I had on my list. And Dan Marino is tough to throw in because of the lack of championships. He, he that, didn't win. Right. One. And that's the biggest deterrent to him is just, yeah, not winning a Super Bowl, I think is huge. Also, the, I, think he, I think he only appeared in maybe one or two. Also, right. So it's, well, and to me, like the once the, the one MVP, when you're comparing these guys, like a lot of these guys have multiple MVPs. And I thought like that had a lot of value in my head because that means you're the best player. And the fact that he had one, like Elway had one, like obviously they're great, no doubt. But like, you know, Brett Favre had like three in a row. So like that weighed a little bit more in my head you know, you're, when you're comparing guys. Um, right. I think that means a lot. So I have a question before we get into this list. I think we have the, the same top five. Okay. So you have, in, in no particular order, I'm going to mix up the order I have these in so as not to spoil anything, but you have Manning, Montana, Brady, Rogers, Favre. Yes. Yes, I do. Cool. Well, we yes. have the same top five, which is crazy. We did not talk about this beforehand, guys. That is. Yeah, no, I, we did not. I, and I, we never agree on anything. No. So, you know what? <laughs> well, the order will be different. I can guarantee you that. But the top five, as it stands, is the same. We, yes, c- we couldn't even do that in basketball, so look at us. Yeah. Killing absolutely. it. Killing it. Hey, you know what? Why don't you start it off? Okay, let's, number five. Yeah. All right, so number five, I had uh, Brett Favre. I had Brett Favre at number five. And okay. You know, like I said, 11, time, 11 Pro Bowls, three All-Pros, three MVPs, uh, the one Super Bowl win. He does lead... QB's all-time in completions, and he's second in yards and touchdowns behind Mr. Peyton Manning, who passed him. Uh, and, I, you know, he's a great quarterback. He's, he's absolutely great quarterback. There's not a lot to say about him. He could have won more championships. I think that's probably the biggest deterrent to him. But winning three MVPs back-to-back-to-back is insane in any sport. So I think that means a lot when you're talking about greatest quarterbacks and the legacy that he brings. Sure. So, yeah, Brett Favre 5, I don't know what to say. Yeah, I had Brett Favre at 5 as well. Um, Mitch, we're doing this wrong. We're doing we're supposed this to be so disagreeing. wrong. <laughs> I'm just and it, and, it, and it, I narrowed it down to the exact same things, the completions, the touchdowns, the MVPs, the Pro Bowl selections. Um, just a an all-around great quarterback. What I thought was funny about his Pro Bowl selections was they came in bunches. He went to the Pro Bowl in 92 and 93, then missed 94, went 95 through 97, missed until 2001 when he went 2001 through 2003, Pro Bowl again, then didn't go again till 2007 when he went 2007 through 2009. <laughs> so, yeah, it was, uh, it, they went in bunches. Um, but you know, Brett Favre is, he's one of those, he's one of those iconic guys that even if he wasn't in a top five conversation or a top 10 conversation, you're not going to forget him. Because of his style of play, he was a Mississippi guns, Mississippi style quarterback, gunslinger. Um, if you watch, if you can get a chance to go watch his um, sit down with John Gruden going through the QB camp with him, um, it's fantastic to watch. 
And uh, I think the only deterrent for me for him putting him lower on this list was the interceptions. He threw a ton of interceptions, mm-hmm. but that was but that was his style of play as well. Right, he, right. He, he was a risk taker. Yeah, he was a risk taker, yeah. and he was a gunslinger. So, um, yeah, Brett Favre, number yeah, five. That's a great I guess one. We agreed. Yeah, well, and and I think when you're comparing him to guys like Rodgers and Brady, who have unworldly accuracy and really really low interception rates, I mean that. I, that matters a lot when you're the quarterback and you're not turning the ball over, you know? Sure. Uh, yeah. So I, I think that works. Okay, go ahead. Number four, Mitch. Number four, I have Joe Montana. Oh, number, number four. four. Okay, okay. Um, played the majority of his career with the San Francisco 49ers. He was traded, or was he traded? I think I don't, he when he went to the Chiefs, I don't know. When he turned to the Chiefs in 93-94. Um, again, the, the, the lore of him he was just a winner he was not the fastest guy he wasn't the biggest guy he reminds me a lot of drew Brees. Um, yeah or drew yeah, Brees yeah, yeah. reminds me a lot of uh in that style where he wasn't the biggest guy or the fastest guy he didn't have the biggest arm and that was kind of his biggest down uh, downfall or the thing he was most criticized for was his arm strength mm-hmm. um he didn't throw a ton of career touchdown passes i mean a lot yeah. of people forget that 273 compared you know career touchdown passes where Favre throws 508. So, yeah, I mean, Joe Montana, for me, he has the hallmark moments to the catch, throwing it to Dwight Clark. Right. Um, the, the the rivalry with the Dallas Cowboys in that time where, you know, they were kind of competing for supremacy in the NFC. Um, so, yeah, Joe Montana, number four on my list for me. Yeah, you know, Montana – it was basically, like you said, the lore and the winning. I mean, winning four Super Bowls is huge. And oh, yeah. nobody had done that before that point. And, I mean, his you know, record so. as a starting quarterback is 117 and 47. That's insane. I mean, an incredible winning percentage. He was 139 with the Niners in his 13 years. So That's crazy. That is insane. Yeah, I mean, Montana's a good one. In most lists that I looked up, he was ranked number two. Yes, uh, yes, he was. Two point, there was only two lists that I found that he wasn't ranked number two. He was for three, and in those lists, Manning was two. Um, but I uh, did not have Montana at four. I had uh, Mr. Aaron Rodgers at number four. Mm. And the way that I looked at this is the exact same way that I looked at our NBA GOAT list in talking about LeBron James. When you have a current player on here, I, the way that I looked at this at, was – as if football ceased to exist today. No quarterback will ever throw any other passes ever again, and this is where everything stands. And right now, I don't think, for me, I could put Rodgers higher than that. Obviously, like, he's second in yards. He's second in touchdowns. He's, uh, no, sorry, that's Favre. Where am I? Rodgers. So he's 20th in yards. He's 10th in touchdowns. He's first in passer rating which with seasons to go can fluctuate, obviously. He's 7th in completion percentage, 21st in completions total. Uh, <clears throat> we're, sorry, I lost his st- I had his stats pulled up. He's won two MVPs, right? Uh, yes. Two, two, two MVPs, MVPs, one Super Bowl. The one Super Bowl, I, I think, is a deterrent when you're comparing to guys like Montana, Manning, Brady, who have won more. Uh, two MVPs is kind of on par with that, but like Manning won five, Brady won three. Um, I, I, I will I would, I would not be shocked if at the end of his career, 
Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. Statistically, he is on pace for that by far. And like I mentioned earlier, his accuracy and his low interception rate is is crazy good. Um, and I don't think that's going to just blow up anytime soon. So right now I can't put him above Manning, Montana, or Brady, but I think he's four and I, I, I could see him as number one someday, depending on how the rest of his career pans out. Sure. Oh, that, so, that, that's four, right? Oh, we're done. Sorry. Yeah. yeah I, so I thought yeah, you had we're a four. Done. Yeah. Yeah. Do you have anything to so, say? You, I, I, I don't. I don't have anything okay, to okay. say. All right. Uh, yeah. What's your number three? My Let's number my number three was Joe Montana. Um, okay. And again, like a lot of what you mentioned, he has a legacy. He has the Super Bowls. Statistically, he just wasn't as good of a quarterback as Manning or Brady. So for me, that's actually the one I just switched. I just switched Manning and Montana. Because the more that I thought about it the last day since doing my research, I like Manning is so underrated in my opinion, especially when you compare him to Brady and Obviously, Brady had the wins, but, like, you look at Manning's career, and it's insane. Statistically, he's probably – no, he is. I just, he's the greatest – statistically, he's the greatest quarterback of all time, just based on that. And the winning Brady has, so there's a conversation there. But, yeah, Montana, great, but number three on my list. Yeah, number three on my list, I had Peyton Manning. Um, I Statistically, like you said, the greatest quarterback we've seen statistically – um, didn't eclipse 4,000 yards only twice in his career. And it was the last year in his career, 2015, when he was injured part of the year. And the first year in his career when they went 13 and three, and he was probably still working on a lot of kinks. Um, and he still almost clips 4,000. He threw for 37, 39. Mm-hmm. So only eclipsed 5,000 yards one time. That was 2013 when he had that insane, 55 touchdowns, 10 interception season. And set the record um, for passing yards in a season that year. Yeah. With the exception of 2011 when he missed with the neck injury, the surgery, um, he made the Pro Bowl every year of his career except for 98, 01, and 15. Um, that's excluding 2011 when he missed it due to injury. So, I mean... You can't deny that statistically he's probably the greatest quarterback we've ever seen um, because he puts up the numbers. But that's also probably part of to what I think I give part of that to uh, the guys that he had around him playing him. I mean, he had Marvin Harrison. He had Reggie Wayne. He had Demarius Thomas. He had Wes Welker um, during that 55 touchdown season. So... He had guys around him, and you know he typically had a run game with him with Edron James and Joseph Adai, and then he went to um, Denver, and he had C.J. Anderson. C.J. Anderson there was that. Who that was? That's like towards the end of it, but yeah, it was. Oh, I'm trying to think of who the guy was. I don't remember the the running backs were okay in Denver at that time. The, yeah. yeah. So I mean, he had other things around him, um, but yeah, number three, Peyton Manning for me. Um, so, number two, I do have Tom Brady um, as the second greatest quarterback of all time. Tom, terrific. Touchdown, Tom, the Pharaoh comeback kid, or Sir Tom Brady. Again, statistically very, very solid. A winner, 97-55 and 55 throughout his career as a starter. 
as it stands right now, 491 touchdowns, 161 interceptions. I don't think that he'll get to Manning because I think the cliff is coming for him. Um, but again, it's, this is a tough conver- this is a tough conversation to have because he's never won fewer than 10 games. Or he's only won fewer than 10 games. Was that one, two, three times in his career? Three times. And that's counting one this year when they're 1 0. That one year in 2008 when he went down with the knee injury and Ryan Mallett had to take over for the rest of the year. Was it Ryan Mallett? Matt Castle. Matt Castle. Matt Castle, sorry. And then 2002 when they went 9 and 7. Uh, he was 25 years old at the time. So, um, yeah, I don't, I can't make, it's tough for me to say, but I cannot make a conversation for Tom Brady not being number two. I just, I have this feeling that Aaron, that the guy that I have number one is number one. Well, and that's why I think it's so fascinating about this. Cause it's like every single list that I saw had Tom Brady as number one, like every single one. And it's not even close in a lot of people's minds. And I understand why. I mean, it's obvious. Like, and if you're comparing him to Rodgers, especially where Rodgers is right now, the only thing as far as like the five statistical categories that I pulled up that Rodgers is higher than is passer rating. Rodgers is first. Brady is third. And completion percentage, Rodgers is seventh. Brady is 13th. Everything else, Brady's higher than him. He's won more Super Bowls, more MVPs, gone to more Pro Bowls. Like, so, yet, somehow, Aaron Rodgers is higher on the list. And that's what, like, I is, I think is so weird. And, like, I, I totally get that one day Aaron Rodgers may be the greatest quarterback of all time. But, like, it's the same idea that I have about LeBron James of, yes, LeBron James may go down as the greatest player of all time in the NBA. But right now, you compare him and MJ and it's, not like he's just not there yet but we see the greatness in him we see what he can become what uh he has done in his career already and you're projecting out towards the future it's not improbable so i get it you just got a hard on for a a A ron (laughs) i do and you know what and this it's hard for me to say as a bears fan that aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time um but i think that not only is he going to be there statistically someday that mm-hmm. he's already there based on talent and leadership ability. I mean, people love playing with it for Aaron Rodgers. Not everyone loves playing with Tom Brady, but that, um, I didn't know quarterbacks had to be liked to be the greatest. That's not what, but no, that's not what I'm saying though is like, but, but that, you're using that, play- that as like something that puts him above Brady is his likability, which you can like somebody that's great, but like Brady wins, and like you said, like so in the Aaron. regular season, so does Aaron. Well, and, Aaron. right, but he hasn't won five Super Bowls. Brady has. He Brady has okay, so, the success so take, in the regular take, season and the postseason. Take Bill Belichick out of the take Bill Belichick out of the equation. Do you think Tom Brady still wins five Super Bowls? The thing, yeah. like, if you take Bill Walsh away from Montana, like, is it the same? Like, I, I, I that argument is so like weak to me because the coach is there no, but so you is can't, the player so like what like like they're both but you can there take Bill Walsh away you can take Bill Walsh away from from Joe Montana because Joe Montana did win did win a Super Bowl without Bill Walsh okay so he he won Tom one Brady's out of his never four. won a Super Bowl without Bill Belichick right but so we're asserting that he couldn't if he wasn't 
which just seems like this weird hypothetical conversation we have to have is like, oh, if he wasn't with him, they wouldn't. But we don't know that because it doesn't matter because they were together and they won Super Bowls. No, I, I think, no, because Tom Brady, to me, playing in a Bill Belichick system where they take position players out of outside of the position of quarterback, wide receivers and running backs, typically, you take... Those guys that are not big name guys, they're not big. They're not big production guys, and Tom Brady has something to do with them. It has to do with the system that he's in. To me, at least. Well, sure. I mean, the thing is, is in that same vein, it's not like Aaron Rodgers plays on the worst team ever, and he somehow carries them to like wins. Like it, he it, does, like, though. You saw the way. Listen, looked, they're not the way they look. Mike, with Mike McCarthy is a good coach. He's had yes, a, he's a good team yeah, around him. Coach. Okay, there you go. So that's the point. So put but any. You, okay, listen. See, no, 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 no. Put no. every. Put anybody on a crappy team, and even the greatest quarterback, like Peyton Manning's, not going to win a Super Bowl with a crappy team. It's got to be a good team that they no. elevate to greatness. Yeah, he's had. Okay, but you've seen what the Packers look like without Aaron Rodgers. There, they are not good. Neither we are the Patriots. Like, like, it's not like the Patriots no, have these. No, they 10 and 6 without it's him. It's not like the they Patriots have big names. Matt Castle. Okay, it's not like the Patriots have big name players all the time or even stellar defenses of the last they few don't. years. Like, so we're, you, it's like you're asserting that somehow Brady has had these really good teams and he didn't have to do as much. And Brady has had, or, and Rodgers has had these terrible teams that he's had to carry to championships. Like, it's not like every Brady team has been great and it's not like every Rodgers team has been bad. It's because Tom Brady's been in the right system the whole time. Aaron Rodgers hasn't always had Mike McCarthy. So that makes Rodgers better? What are you getting at? Like, getting the, at? I, I, I don't understand. Be, so because Brady's been in a better system and with a better coach, somehow that means Rodgers is the better quarterback. Because, because Rodgers is more valuable than Brady. But we're not talking about, I, is, is that what you're basing greatest on is value? Well, yeah, if someone's more valuable than another person, they're probably a better player, right? Well, not necessarily. Oh, God. Okay, make an argument for that. Well, okay, so if you have nobody on your team and you're the only player there, you're the most valuable. That doesn't mean you're the best player in the league. Like, that's not, that, those, are, those things aren't, like, they, they don't exist in the same plane. They may be in a vacuum, but not overall. Like, Rodgers is valuable, obviously. So is Brady. Like, we're not going to sit here and just say that, like, if anybody could have won five Super Bowls with Bill Belichick and that. No, but but that's what I'm saying. Like, so let's look at 2008 when he was out for the entire year, right? Right. They went 10 and 6. They went 10 and 6, still in a Bill Belichick system. Right. Okay. You take Aaron Rodgers out of the system that he's in right now. Last year, when he left the game for when he left the season for half, was out half the year or more than half the year. I think he left in week six. You put Brett Hundley in that situation; they don't even make the playoffs. Right, they're five hundred team. So we're comparing one Patriots team from two thousand eight to one Packers team from twenty sixteen, and saying therefore Aaron Rodgers is more valuable. Like I just think like that doesn't work. You can't compare those teams and be like, well, this team sucked and that team was good. Therefore, Aaron Rodgers means more to the team than Brady does. He does, though, Dallin. He does. Aaron Rodgers is more valuable than Tom Brady. I just, like, I don't... I... Because, because he was replaced by... He was replaced by freaking Matt Castle. And they still went 10-6 and six and still made the playoffs. Right, but how is that a deterrent to Brady? Like, that, that, why, how does that, why does that just say, oh, Bill Belichick's a really good coach and figured out how to take this quarterback and work 
well because enough to did, win games. That, that, or Matt like Castle played well enough. There because he's a really good coach. He's a better coach than Mike McCarthy. If Bill Belichick well, sure, of course. There, Tom of course. Brady probably doesn't have the success that he's had so far. He probably doesn't win five Super Bowls. Okay, we've but seen what, no, we've seen so, in the past. So, so, so no, therefore, no, no, no. So hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on, hold on. This makes no so sense. Seen, okay, go ahead. No, it, it does make sense. No, it doesn't. But we've okay. seen what Bill Belichick did with the Browns in the early '90s when he was there. He took a garbage team and made them playoff contenders. Bill Belichick is part of the reason why Tom Brady's so successful, is what I'm saying. Well, of course. The coach has to do something with it. So does the defense. So does the running backs they have. Like, so does everything. It's not like what you want to, what people want to do with Rodgers, and they do the same thing with LeBron, is they want to, like, isolate that one person and say everything's because of them. But uh, MJ had Pippen, and, and he had Phil Jackson, and therefore, like, he had the help, and, you know, he had a better coach. Like, yes, that's all true, but, like, they still won. Like, you can have everything on the table, but you still have to make it work. Like, and that doesn't mean MJ's less of a good player because he had Scottie Pippen and Phil Jackson. It doesn't make Brady any less of the greatest quarterback of all time because Bill Belichick was his coach. Many of the greatest quarterbacks of all time have had all-time coaches. That's because that's how you win, is you have a great quarterback and a great coach and a great team. Like, those all have to go together. I I don't know if they've had... All of them have had all-time coaches, though. Well, not all of them, but, like, Montana has... Manning had Tony Dungy. Tony Dungy is a great coach. They had a lot of success yeah, together. Sure. sure, he had Tony Dungy. I, I I don't know. I just... I think Aaron Rodgers did... has done a lot with less than what Brady has had from talent around him and coaching. And that makes Aaron Rodgers... Better than Tom, more valuable than Tom Brady. I think and better than Tom Brady. I think the only way you can make that argument, and I agree with you, like Rodgers has not. I mean, obviously McCarthy is not as good to coach as Belichick, and the Packers teams have typically not been as good as Patriots teams. And like to compare year to year is a futile argument because year to year teams change. But generally speaking, the Packers teams have been weaker. But the only way you can make this argument is if in the end they both won the same amount. Like, if they both won the exact same amount of games. Yes, because then it's like, okay, well, Rodgers has won one Super Bowl with crappy teams, and with good teams, Brady's won five. So how are you arguing that? We put Brett Favre in the top five, and he's only won one Super Bowl. And Terry Bradshaw, we left off, and he won four underneath Chuck Knoll. Right, because Favre's the better quarterback than Bradshaw, and neither of us think otherwise. Rodgers is the better quarterback. Rodgers is a better quarterback than Brady. Right, but we're talking about, like, when you rank people, that's what matters. We're talking about everything as a whole. So not just, oh, he's more valuable, therefore, like, he wins it. Like, there are a lot of quarterbacks that are valuable in this league, but aren't better than other ones. I don't, I don't know, Dallin. I, uh, we, could, we could argue this all day. You're absolutely we right. My, we could argue this my, all day. My but. biggest thing is, if, if you just want to feel like Aaron Rodgers is the best quarterback of all time because you think that he's going to be, like, I'm okay with that. Like, but to me, there's no, like, logical way of looking at this to say that Brady has won five Super Bowls. He has the pedigree. He has the statistics. He has everything. And compare him to Rodgers, where he's at right now his career, and say that somehow Rodgers is better. It just doesn't, like, it's just not there yet. And and like I said, it can be. Like, I absolutely could, like, you know, five years from now, however long it takes Rodgers to end his career, like, we could have that argument and come to the conclusion that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. But right now, I just, like, I cannot see it. Like, it just doesn't make sense. 
And like I said, if you just want to, if, if it just comes down to like feeling like he's a, I think he's a better passer. I think he's a better, like, physic at playing the you, game. He's you better Tom at Brady? playing quarterback. No, no. Rodgers is better at playing quarterback than Tom Brady. Sure. Like his arm, his accuracy, his, his IQ, higher. Great. But like Brady and what he's accomplished can't be diminished just because Aaron Rodgers can throw the ball a little bit better. So, yeah. It's. No, it's it's that I it's that I give I credit more of the winning to the people that Tom Brady had around him than I do just give it to Tom Brady. That makes sense. I'm trying to like right, and I and, and I understand that. I just think that's a weird argument to detriment Brady and said he had help. Like if I accomplish a project with two people helping me and you accomplish the project with nobody helping you or one person helping you, for example, like, does that mean that you did better than me just because you had less help? Like I, I did like, more. I did more. Right. But we're talking, talking about who did more in their career. We're talking about who did better. So like using that as the measurement for better doesn't make sense. The end result of the project should be how we judge who did better. Just not the amount of people that helped you. So I, I don't know. I don't know. Dallin. It's like, We're, like we said this, I mean, it's, and we talked about this last episode, it's a hard argument to make. And that's why I think it's fascinating. Part of why I didn't want to do it, but I get it. Like I get it. I get where you're coming from. I really do. You know, I'm not sure I totally get exactly where you're coming from. What, what don't you understand? Because everybody else thinks this way, like the, the 80, winning, the 80% winning of the people, eighty percent of the people think. Well, according to the eight things that I looked for, and obviously there are more. It's it's like unanimous that Tom Brady's the greatest quarterback of all time. Okay, sure. Like, so I I just don't understand like how you don't get where me and the majority of like sports people think that. You know what I mean? I, I yeah. I I don't know why I don't get it either. Yeah, but I, I hate him. I hate him. I hate him, but after after watching him in the Super Bowl against the Falcons, I can't. I oh, have and to. And we I went over to. this. We went I over have this. To. They did. He did not come back as much as the Falcons blew that lead. All right, sure. <laughs> it's semantic. It's all how you want to look at it, which is what we Go talked back and about. Watch the film. Which is Go what. Back and watch which is what film. we talked about with the goat conversation with basketball. It's all. It's all how you want to look at it. It's it's how you want to look at players. How you want to remember them. What things you want to focus on. Nobody's perfect. You can make an argument for a lot of people, I think, in any of these lists. I think you can make an argument for Manning, like, if you look at his resume and, and everything he was able to do. Like, I think there's an argument to be made that Manning was the greatest quarterback of all time. And he, lo- and he won less than Tom Brady did. Right. Right, there's an so argument. what's the problem with Aaron Rodgers? There's, Rod- a, there's so an the argument. With Rogers? There's no problem. I told you, I'm cool with arguing it. I'm cool with the idea of it. I don't agree with it still, but like, the, I, like I don't think it's the most ludicrous thing in the world to say that Aaron Rodgers is the greatest quarterback of all time. I said that. I, it, there's no. I don't have a problem with it. I just don't agree with it. Yeah. <laughs> that's that's it. That's it. That's it. It's it's all good. <laughs> Well, uh, we got Brett Favre right, so... I guess we get to get one right. We yeah, got, we got one. <laughs> and we got the same top five, which, looking back on, I mean, I think to us, I, at least to us, it was pretty obvious, the top five. But, I, I mean, Brett Favre was not as high as five on most of the list I looked at. He was more like seven or eight, but... Yeah. Yep. <laughs> Are you good? I'm good. I'm good. I'm a little fired up, but I'm good. 
<laughs> Don't be mad at me. I'm not mad at you. I okay. love you. Okay. But... All right. All right. All righty. Well, that was our top five quarterback of all time conversation. I hope you guys enjoyed it. We enjoyed it. It was a. Uh... Did we? I'm <laughs> just kidding. I did. I know. <laughs> I, I, I th- no, I, I really, really did. It. I really did. Yeah. I love hearing arguments, even if like I don't agree with them. Like I like hearing and trying to pick apart what why people are thinking the way they are, or like why you know. Sure. Sort of yeah. So it's absolutely. Cool. It's cool. It was. This is very cool. All righty. Well, I think. That's about going to wrap that, it up. I think for that's us. yeah. I think that's what we got for this week. So thanks yeah. for uh, thanks for listening to the pod. Make sure to subscribe on Apple Podcasts. Leave us a rating and a comment if you're cool. That's right. Go on Instagram. Follow us at the Sports Hour Guys or on Twitter at Sports Hour Guys. Leave a comment. Tell us we suck. That's the only way we can get better. Yeah, absolutely. We appreciate all that have reached out, interact with us on our socials. Um, as well, be sure to send us suggestions for the loser of our uh, NFL picks this this season. Look yes. forward to uh, beating Mitch in fantasy football this week, so that'll be fun. Oh, yeah. We <laughs> might have to have a little mini update on that because uh, I it's going to be brutal for you. It's going to be brutal. Mm. Mm. We'll see. I don't know. You do have Cam Newton, which... Well, I actually, I did say that I don't think the Carolina offense is going to do that well this week. But, you know, Cam Newton is always a weapon. No, he's, you he's, said he's very Carolina scary. was going to do good. What are you talking no, about? No, no, I said they're going to do, I said the offense isn't going to do very well, but they're going to win. I said they're going to win. I just don't think the offense is going to play. I think they'll Against play. Against Atlanta? Are you kidding me? Yeah. I mean, what, oh, freaking Nick Foles and the Eagles put up, what, like 18 points? Yeah, well, that was a Garbo game. Though. Right, that was, right. That that first that first week jitters stuff. Yeah, typical yeah. first game. Of Carolina the year, plays so. a lot of garbage games and then they <laughs> win. So that's basically how I see that going. But anywho, it's been fun, guys. Thanks for uh, thanks for sticking around with us. That's right. Yeah, yeah, we'll see you guys next week. See ya.